Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day it is you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And folks, we are just over 24 hours away from the start of the NFL draft for the 2023 season. Eagles with the 10th and the 30th picks overall. We'll see uh, which direction they go. Does Howie do some maneuvering, some wheeling and dealing as he normally does? Who will the Eagles take at 10? Do they keep the 30th pick? Do they trade back? Do they trade up? A lot of suspense uh, as we head into the draft. Very exciting time for all NFL teams, and uh, including, of course, our Eagles. Uh, before we get started, remember you can email us at the show. Let us know your thoughts, predictions, comments, what have you, at our website. Email address is petwg at gmail.com. Again, petwg at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts and comments and uh, be glad to uh, talk about them and discuss them on the air at future podcasts. So as I mentioned in past uh, recent podcasts about uh, the preview of the upcoming draft, I know I've talked a little bit about it the last couple of episodes, but I said I would bring on a a special guest. Uh, This is for some of you. Uh, in the audience uh, will uh, recognize Johnny, the Commanders fan, who has chimed in from time to time. And certainly, I always bring him on when the Commanders and Eagles lock horns during the season. Uh, very knowledgeable football um, guest that I bring on. And we're going to certainly talk about um, not only the draft, but certainly a lot has happened in recent news with the Commanders, with the new ownership and everything like that. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. And talk about the draft and the prospects and, and really kind of get into it here over the next hour or so. So uh, uh, without any further ado, we'll be bringing Johnny on here in momentarily. I just wanted to also uh, thank my uh, platform, the platforms out there that uh, carry this program. And that uh, is uh, Apple, Spotify, of course, uh, iHeart TV, or iHeart um, Radio, I should say. I'm not sure if TV does, actually, as I mentioned that. Uh, Audible.com and various other platforms. Uh, so appreciate uh, all of them uh, supporting the um, the production. And without any further ado, let's bring on Johnny, the Commanders fan. Those of you who've uh, listened to the podcast in the past will uh, recognize uh my next guest. So Johnny, welcome back to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Always glad to have you on. And we're going to talk some commanders today, believe it or not, on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Not too much, but just enough. Just enough. Sounds How you doing? Good. Always glad to be here. Good to talk with you. Very good. Uh, it feels, feels like Christmas Day for commanders fans these days with the whole Dan Snyder selling the team news that's broken over the past week or so. So, Oh, yeah. Well, we're definitely going to get into that because I want my audience to have a, a different perspective. I mean, obviously, Eagle fans, I know we pay attention to the news of what happens in the divisional rivals. But uh, I want the audience to kind of get a, a good representation and feeling as from a commander's fan as to how I don't know if it's relief. It fits uh, just like the thought of finally and, you know, just you can elaborate a little bit on how the uh, commander's fan base as well as yourself. Uh, feel about the uh, breaking news that Daniel Snyder has finally sold the team. Finally is exactly the right word, Jeff. I mean, we this is something that hardcore fans have been wanting for 
20 of his 24 year tenure at least um it's been it's been a nightmare almost from the jump just a just a year after year of of arrogant dumb decisions uh meddling from the ownership a, a toxic work environment some scandals harass yeah scandals workplace harassment financial and accounting scandals you know treating ticket season ticket holders and withholding their deposits and suing ticket holders that didn't renew their agreements wow. just over and over and over. That is a mess. A, that is a mess. No doubt about it. Yeah, no, this, this is a day that commanders, I, I think most commanders fans would have taken this, this bet last year at this time. If you had told me that we could go and 17, but, but Snyder would sell the team. I would have taken that in a heartbeat. I would have lost every <laughs> Take game. the sacrifice. Yes, I would have. I would have gotten down on my knees and sacrificed the entire season just for this to happen. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a very very big deal. I'm I'm surprised that they haven't already uh, organized a, a parade down Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House to like celebrate <laughs> this. Oh it's, man, it's almost it's almost like winning the Lombardi. Well, that was a pretty good summary of uh, of the pain and agony. I think we can almost feel it through the through the sound waves. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely got pretty intense and all the scandals and even your, and I know that I've mentioned it many times in this show is, uh, you know, the, the stadium itself just falling apart and yes, uh, needing exactly. to be blown up and put a new, put a new stadium, especially get rid of that, get rid of that sponsor on there. <laughs> I, I, you and I both hope that that happens. Yeah. So no I mean, it's where, just no matter where they build the new stadium. Yeah, I guess my point is, it's like the there. the whole entire organization from like soup to nuts has just been a disaster over the last at least the last ten years. It doesn't seem to be getting any better. No. But the sun will come out tomorrow, right? And now we have a new owner yes. coming in. Um, what's his name? I just give me a little background of what you know about him and and. Because I know he owns the Sixers and the Devils, but yeah, I was gonna say your 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 Philly area fans should be pretty familiar with Josh Harris. He uh, yeah he, he's the principal owner of of the the New Jersey Devils and the Philly 76ers. And from everything that I've seen and heard from him, he's he's a smart owner. He is very analytics driven, and he what most people say his best his best trait is is that he is very much willing to hire people to do their jobs and get out of the way and let them do their jobs. Yeah. The, the, the biggest, the biggest criticism, well, there, there are many, but one of the <laughs> biggest criticisms of Snyder is that he was always meddling and, and acting like the, the team was his own personal fantasy football team. Right. He, he influenced draft picks most, most specifically the drafting of Dwayne Haskins a few years ago in the first round when, Every scout, everybody thought that he was at best a third or fourth round talent. And Dwayne Haskins happened to go to the same high school as Daniel Snyder's son. And mm. every, by all accounts, Snyder forced the, the brain trust at the time, yep. Jay, Jay Gruden and, uh, the, and the GM and all that, to make that pick against everyone's objections. So yeah. That's, just that's never example. good. That's never good. Yeah. Let the football people no. do the football moves and make those decisions. Yeah, correct. You see a lot of yeah, owners you like hire, it. you hire you hire a scouting department and then they do their job and do the scouting and then you come in at the last minute and over you know trumpet and and 
say, no, I'm, we're picking him anyway because, yeah. because I like him and he went to school with my son or right. you know, something inane like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one more example. A lot of times, the teams that struggle with front office um, decisions and management like that are the ones that have these meddling owners. I mean, the Cowboys, the yes. Colts. You heard about the Colts in recent years about that guy, sure. kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, or say, um, and that's just never good. It's just it doesn't work out. I guess I can't say it never works, but for the most part, um, you know, the owners they don't know football. They may own the team, of course. And I'm sure they're influencing from one state, one standpoint or another, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, I guess, let the football guys, the coaches, the, the GMs, the ones who know the game, do the scouting, you know, make the picks. And, uh, sure. those organizations that allow that to happen, that process to take place are the ones that find success more often than not. So, um, uh, before we, uh, get into the draft, um, what is the own, new owner of the uh, of the Commanders? What's his name? Uh, Josh Harris. Josh Harris. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you if you did mention that, I missed it. <laughs> yeah. So Josh Harris is uh, now. Do you believe that this guy is going to be able to manage and own and run three professional teams, or do you think it's possible that he might, uh, you know, let one of them go just so he can, you know, better focus on, on say like the the Sixers and and the Commanders. And because uh, it's just it's, it has your hands on a lot of a lot of different things. We got three major sports teams that you own. You have any concerns yeah, about that? I, yeah, I, I I am, and and there's been there's been a decent amount of speculation as to whether he's going to have to divest some some or all of his ownership in the other two teams in order to financially be able to to meet the NFL's financial requirements. Which, from what I understand at least 30% of the full purchase price has to be paid in well liquid cash not not a you know promise against assets or borrowing right. against a promissory note or something like that so i mean 30% of 6 billion which is the reported price is 1.8 billion so it's a lot I, of cash I, I don't i don't know i don't yeah exactly that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of cheddar i don't i don't know how liquid his his net worth is you know what whether he'll have to, you know, sell sell assets or you know sell a portion of his other interest in the sports world or in the you know in the stock market or the business world or anything else. Yeah. Uh, but but there has been some speculation that it could lead to him backing off a little bit on the on the amount of ownership in both the Sixers or and the Devils. Interesting. So I guess that remains to be seen. Those are those are those are money problems. A little out of my tax bracket. Yeah. Yeah. You and us both. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, and you would think that he wouldn't have made this type of a move if he didn't have that ready to, to drop. Yes. He's been around the block. He's owned sports, professional sports franchises. He knows the drill and, and you're right. I can't imagine him submitting a full faith offer and not having done his due diligence to make sure that he can come up with whatever finance, financial requirements that the league needs. And, and another thing, he was actually, um, he was actually very much involved with the, uh, with the sale of the Broncos last year. So, and in fact, I'm almost positive that he actually submitted a bid for the Broncos, which is a good thing because that means he's already been vetted by the, by the league. Right. He's, they, he, he submitted a, an accepted bid or a, a, a bid that was de- deemed as worthy 
he ended up obviously not getting it. The 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 Walmart air air family ended up getting it, but but it was a good sign for us that that he was approved for that. So obviously the NFL didn't see any red flags then, which was less than a year ago, and I can't imagine that they will now. I I, I just want the thing to get done as fast right. as possible so that so that you know that he can get he can get his regime in place and they can they can start doing what they need to do. Sure. Well, so I guess I'll just kind of sum it up by saying, and on behalf of Eagles nation, uh, we are very sad to see Daniel Snyder go, uh, because for entertainment purposes, as well as the fact that we really haven't had to necessarily worry about the, uh, commanders, formerly the Redskins competing over the last several years, if not decade plus, I know they had maybe one, decent year thrown in there but otherwise they've um you know we're gonna be sad to see daniel go but uh along that uh along that front now now i'm curious about how this draft is gonna be managed so maybe like because this whole deal is pending who's running the draft for the commanders tomorrow night as As i understand as, as i understand it the the current the current guys in place ron rivera the head coach marty herney and and martin mayhew who are one, neither of them has the actual title of GM, but they both have job titles that are equivalent to sort of co-GMs. Yeah. Uh, Marty Herney was formerly the GM of the uh, of the Panthers when Rivera was the head coach a few years ago, and Martin Mayhew is a former NFL player. Uh, that name is familiar. I, I don't know exactly the specifics of him. Yeah. But but there, those are the three guys that are essentially head coach with player personnel control and then co-GMs. So it's going to still be a combination. So you still got Snyder's that. tentacles on this particular draft until. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's, yeah. He, he might still have his slimy little hands on, <laughs> on something that's going on here. I, I would hope that at this point that they would be able to, you know, give him the stiff arm and get him out of the, get him out of the way. But at the end of the day, he is at least today, he is still the boss. Right. He, he signs the paycheck. So So he must still be running the show there. Yeah. He must still, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a frightening situation that he could come in on his last draft and sabotage metal metal and screw things up. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Sabotage. One last gift to the fans. Yeah. That, yeah. One last middle finger to the fans. Really trade out of the first round. For like a seventh yeah. round pick, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I'm just stop, kidding. Stop, but... stop talking this into existence. Yeah, there's got to, there's got to be some kind of regulations, though. Like to your point, where it's got to still the NFL be. Is not, the NFL is not going to allow. Yeah, they're not going to let the new this, potential owner. They're not going to allow him to. No, they're not. Right. I mean, they're, they're, the, the league has has a vested interest in keeping some integrity, and he knows that. If they sabotage, if he sabotages the draft to the point that blows the sale up, yeah, it's going to cost him personally about four billion dollars. Yeah, well, I guess I was getting more at like as far as the regulations for it, they probably won't allow the new owner to even have much of an influence or be directly involved until we, the sale is complete. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Harris will not be involved now. Yeah. Now, that, does that mean that, that Harris might? still have you know Rivera's cell phone number and might send him some texts during the draft and and keep tabs on things I I would imagine that he will do I think Josh Harris will be in the war room 
in any official capacity, definitely not. I don't think there's a chance of that. Okay. I, I mean, Very good. yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm hearing anyway. Yep. Harris, Harris is still, he's not even approved yet. He's it, this sale could still get submarine somehow. And you know, something could happen. And the nightmare scenario for, for Washington fans is that something <laughs> causes the sale not to go. Through. Oh and man. You and I are having this discussion next year about Snyder and, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how. Will we be able to find you? Or are you going to go bury your head somewhere? And uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Wave the white flag. I can't take any more take torture. A, take a long walk off a short pier or something. Well, uh, let's let's start getting into the draft here now. So the Eagles, um, thanks to the New Orleans Saints, we have two first-round picks, number 10 overall and number 30. And the yes. Washington team has got – you're at 16, right? That is correct. And – Allow me to speak on behalf of Washington Nation to uh, to say you suck, New Orleans, for for making that <laughs> dumb trade to give Philadelphia that. Uh, we love New and, Orleans, and then, and then going out and going, what were they, six and nine or or six and eleven or something, whatever, whatever record they had to be for for that pick to turn into a top ten pick. And ironically, uh, they actually beat the Eagles last year. Or else, I, I, which is that was the, that was the Eagles the would have a higher games, pick, probably. You know, if they didn't yeah, lose that, to the freaking Saints. That was one of the Minshew games, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you should be able to yeah, beat the Saints with Minshew. I mean, it's just you know. Um, you should. I think yeah, that was actually the game. Anymore. I might be wrong, but I think it might have been the game that Hurts got injured in. Oh no, that was the Bears. I think the Bears are the ones that hurt him. No, that, that the game the, before. Yeah, the, yeah, the week before. All Minshew. Yeah, the week before. They think they played the Bears and lost to. Uh, they lost Hurts in that game. That's when they got yeah. his shoulder injury. All right, so what I'd like to do to kind of attack this draft discussion is we're going to kind of go through each position. And I know you kind of dive into the – you watch more college football than I do, so I'm kind of relying you and you from some of these uh, summaries of some of these prospects and uh, who, you're, who, you're, who you like in terms of – I mean, we kind of know who the top players are, but still want to talk about them. And then maybe if you can sure. give me some uh, – you know, some guys that are kind of floating, flying under the radar, where uh, may not necessarily be getting a lot of press at this time, but but could be kind of sneaky players um, as we go through the draft. So let's start with the defensive line, and of course the Eagles have a lot of interest in this position because the feeling is that uh, Jalen Carter is the main target of the Eagles, and if he is to fall either all the way to ten or if he gets around the seven or eight mark, um, that the Eagles might make a move to snag him. So I guess we'll start talking about him and then some of the other guys that uh, are the higher-end prospects on the D-line. What are your thoughts right. on, on Carter? Do you think he's got, because of the you know the trouble that he got himself into, do you think he's got a shot to fall to 10? Unfortunately, I do. And I, that is a real nightmare scenario for Washington fans is to see Jalen Carter get snapped up at 10 by Philadelphia. That, I <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I, I'm hoping that somebody jumps ahead of, of Philly. I don't want to have to play against him and your guy from last year, uh, uh, Jordan Jordan Davis, right? Uh, for the for the next upteen years on, on that D line because that that that's as good of a D line t- combo as as Washington has with with John Allen and Deron Payne. Well, last night and, I put on with the, with the potential to actually even, even be better. Yeah. Well, I'm, those those two guys are good. So if they're as good as those guys, 
And they, they probably will be. That that's. I, mean, they're, they're, I like yeah, hearing that. Yeah, that's that's high. That's high praise. Yeah. That I, is. I yeah. Not, I don't want Car. I don't want Carter to fall to ten. I hope somebody gets up there and gets him. Well, and, here's yeah. a thing. I put some but, tape on. But by, by saying that, I mean I as a prospect. Before all this, before all this, uh, before all this legal stuff, he he had a really decent shot of going top three, if if not one one. Yeah, I heard he's either the top player or, or the top. You know, yeah. you make an argument Carol- one or Carolina, two. Carolina only Carolina only traded up to one one after all the legal stuff because they knew they wanted to go get Bryce Young. If, if Carter hadn't had the uh, hadn't had the legal issues, I think Carolina probably could have only going up to two and still known that they were going to get, they were still going to get their guy because, yeah. um, because I think the bears would have stayed at one and they would have gotten Carter. Well, I watched some tape on, on Jalen Carter, uh, since, uh, we last spoke. And I tell you, now I know why people are excited about this guy, man. He yeah. is, he yeah. is, he's fast. He's powerful. Um, he seems to have an, an, an eye to get to the quarterback. You know, I mean, he's, he just gets the gets, he gets to the quarterback. He plays the run well. There's not much yeah. many flaws in There's his game. There's no holes. Yeah, yeah, there really aren't any holes in his game. So you can and, definitely. And, and it's it's been said that now last year Georgia had what eight or ten defensive players drafted, and they had including a lot. your yeah. your guy Nicobe Dean and it's, many many others. Right. And even last year as a junior. Most people said that Carter was the best player on that team in in 2022. I'm sorry, in 2021. Yeah. He, and then all these guys got drafted. He comes back in 2022 and dominates, Georgia wins another national championship, and he's clearly the best player on the field. I mean, yeah, he's very impressive to watch. No doubt, yeah, you can and, see why he's as rated as highly yeah, as it is. I mean, I, a, a lapse in judgment and a, and a you know tragic, unfortunate car situation with you know speeding and racing or whatever happened you know yeah yeah it's bad it's bad obviously it's very bad and sad and tragic and all that but it it, it's something that a 22 year old kid can get themselves wrapped up in i mean i I don't think anybody can sit here and say they at that age that they any of us made the best decisions of, of our lives at that at that age so um i i uh I don't. I don't want your team to get Jalen Carter. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see. Right, I, I, I think it's. I think it's very interesting how his agent notified the rest of the teams after he met with the Eagles that he was not going to be meeting with anyone else. So yeah, to me, no, that kind of signals think, that the Eagles must I have told think, them yeah, that. If, look, if he's there at ten, he's not getting past us. We're taking him. Why yeah, else so would he say so that? Don't spin your wheels and go yeah. Why would pay you know? for him to interview and exactly? Know. So that tells yeah. me that there's definite interest by the Eagles, no doubt. If he's, I if don't he gets, think there's any doubt about that. So, who else other than Carter? Uh, are there any other names out there that you you want to mention here before we move before we move on to defensive? I guess we could tie in defensive line with uh, yeah. not only tackles but ends as well. So edge rushers too. Yeah, yeah, I mean Will Anderson is the yeah he's a potentially beast. the best player on this board. I mean, right. Regard, regardless of position, I think he's probably the single most likely player out of this entire draft to become an all pro. Yeah. To become a perennial all pro, pro bowl, top five at, at his position, a game wrecker, a, you know, Von Miller, Miles Garrett type. I mean, just right. guys that, that, you know, are, are the best at their position and 
you know, best edge rushers, you have to game plan around them completely. I sure. mean, that's almost a no brainer. Um, right. The, a guy that I really like is Miles Murphy from Clemson. Though. Yeah. And well, tell me about him. At, the, the athleticism as big as he is. I mean, he's, he's 30, 40 pounds heavier than Anderson. Six five two seventy five, and but he's still he's not an interior lineman. He's a he is an edge rusher, and yeah. he just wreaks havoc. Great against the run, crushes some you know crushes quarterbacks. He's got good size, uh, yeah. And and it's 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 he's one of those guys that the right the right D line coach, the right technique to, to refine his technique. The sky is the limit for him. I've I've, I've Okay. You know, full disclosure, I, I was born in South Carolina and grew up in North Carolina. And I've, at least eight of my family members, aunts, uncles, cousins, my grandfather, went to Clemson. So besides UNC, which is where I went to school and, and the team that I follow the most, yeah. Clemson is by far the second the second most. So I've, I've watched more, more Clemson football games than everybody else except for North Carolina uh, for obvious reasons. But um, – Murphy, Murphy was he was that good when he was a freshman. You could see it that early. Like this, this he came in with, you know, five star high school rating. He was one of the top yeah. ten or fifteen players in the country, and he's never lived down to that. I mean, he's always he's always produced, and and I I, I think somebody's going to get a great player for him with him. There's right, two other guys that have also been rumored to uh, the Eagles, and we'll definitely talk about the Commanders once. Uh, once we get oh, past sure. talking about the Eagles a little bit, because the Eagles do pick before the uh, uh, the Commanders do. So um, yeah, the other two sense. guys that are, that have heard names floating around with the Eagles as far as in, potential interest is Nolan Smith and Lucas Van Ness. So what can you tell me about both of those guys? Nolan Smith is really more – he reminds me more of Anderson. Okay. Like, not not as big. He's not as big as Murphy. Not even close. No, he's, he's not. That, he's in that two forty pound range. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Now what I what I hear about Smith though is that he also he can he can he can get to the quarterback, but he can also drop back and cover tight ends out of the slot. Okay, and that's and in a in I, I don't I don't think that that's where he would probably be best used. But he's the kind of player that you don't have to bring off the field on third down and third and fifteen or whatever, yeah. Uh, because because you know you put your you know you put your nickel or dime package. Yeah, in he'd be more in a pass coverage off. package. Yeah, he, you know he can he can almost he can he can play outside linebacker or edge or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but also drop back, drop back and 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 function more like a like a linebacker. Yeah. Covering, covering over the middle, covering in the slot, tight ends down the seam, stuff like that. Yeah, word on him is that he's very, he's a, you know, he's basically very good pass rusher. He's fast, he's quick. Those those type of things you hear about him. Yeah. Do you think he's a top ten? Do you think he's a top ten pick, or do you think he's more in the middle later part of draft? Ten to twenty range. Okay. I I don't. I don't. From what I've seen, I don't see him going top ten. Okay. What about? I, I believe he'll be there now. Van Ness, I, I I'll admit I don't watch as much Big Ten football as I as I watch ACC, SEC primarily. Yeah. Um, I heard he's so kind of raw. Know. What I'm hearing about him is he's kind of raw. Hasn't played, you know, even when he played 
he wasn't in on every. He's not like a. He wasn't a three down player. Apparently, he correct. Uh, correct. Yeah, he was more yeah. of a specialist the, guy. The, he had a he had a killer combine, and yeah. you know sometimes that's a blessing, and sometimes it's a curse because you know my 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 feelings on this, and I'm just an amateur. I don't do this for a living. I don't scout football players, but I'd rather see it on tape. Yeah. on the field than, than see a guy in oh, this, yeah. you know, Under Armour running a running a four forty, you know, four four forty. Well and, us Eagle fans, we know. have haunted memories of the Mike Mamula combine <laughs> you know, machine that he had. Yeah, and, I, I was, yeah, <laughs> so Mike we don't Mamula, need to be yeah, he, yeah we yeah, understand they, what I you're mean, coming they, from with a, that. There's a reason they, that they somewhat derisively call the combine the underwear Olympics. I, I don't care <laughs> That's as, great. I, I don't care as much what do you look like in the combine as I do right. watching on the field watching on tape. him on tape yeah. against top top line players. Yeah. I mean, I've I've watched Nolan Smith play against Alabama with their all world offensive line and, and you know stud receivers, stud tight ends, you know, superstar quarterback and uh, you know not not hold his own, but you know, control and, and be a best player on the field at times. Right. Anybody that, that that to me means a lot more than oh well, I, he was I agree 100%. One, second, one tenth of a second slower on his 40 time. Okay, yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Plus he, some guys are faster fast, during the game than they are. They play fast, you know what I mean? You get the uh, Exactly. Right. right. Yeah, reaction time is exactly. as important as straight speed. It's actually to me more important I than agree. straight line speed anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. Anyone else because on a D line that you want to uh, throw out there as somebody to look out for, or somebody you're yeah, high like on? Brian, going I, another Clemson guy, surprise, Brian Bressy. I think he's, I think he's, he's an interior. I mean, he's a he's, yeah, a, he's a tackle for yep. sure. Uh, but one of the most athletic three hundred pound linemen you're going to find. I mean, he he he's kind of a freak of nature that he's that he's that capable. Yeah. Of of the athletic the athleticism at three hundred pounds. I mean, he's he's even twenty five pounds heavier than Murphy. Yeah, he's three hundred pounds, you know, six six three hundred. More broad, yeah, taller, more broad. But the the athleticism is similar. I mean, it's no doubt. You know, no, it's easy to see why Clemson had such a good defense the past few years and such a, right. a good team all around. And those two guys were the anchors to it. So, yeah. I, I would not, honestly, I would not be upset at all if Brissy fell to, to 16. And, and even though Edge or, or D line is not really. Yeah, what do you guys don't need top, him? But. I mean, you have the like, two studs like, right like there you, already. Like, you, like you've said, building in the trenches is a, is a mindset. And, and Washington's done it a lot. And, yeah, you know, between, between Montez Sweat and Chase Young, there's a decent chance that they're not going to keep both of them. I mean, they may not even be able to afford to. No, but Brees is a t- tackle though, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is. And, yeah, I'm saying you already have the two. They're pretty, yeah. they're pretty well set at tackle with 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 Payne and Allen both signing. So you're saying that you would still draft Bree- you would still draft this guy even though, you know, you're spending a first round pick on him knowing he's not going to probably play much other than maybe rotation. Sometimes best player available is the best player available. And that's true. You know, you, no doubt. I mean, that there's something to be said for that. So, do you think Murphy, he's a top ten Murphy guy then? Be, that might be there uh, at sixteen, or you do have him kind of mid round, mid to late round. Like, where do you see yeah, him? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think 
I think he will probably be there at Washington's pick at 16. Yeah. And he would be a decent fallback if, if there are other targets, which I guess we'll talk about soon, yeah. are, are off the board at that point. I mean, I, I do think O-line and corner are, the, are 1A and 1B for, for Washington's biggest needs. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the O-line. So, okay. uh, yeah, you got Skaronsky there, Paris Johnson. Uh, that's my guy. I, I, that's the I guy. love Paris Johnson. You know, the Eagles, if, he's if been Paris rumored Johnson, to the Eagles, too, at, at 10. That's possible. If Paris Johnson's if Paris Johnson's on that board at 16, I hope, I hope Washington sprints to the podium before. I mean, they don't even have to go to a commercial. They, they should just go ahead and, <laughs> you know, put, play the little music and run up and, to the – Yeah. yeah. Run up there, say yes. If if he's there that fast, I I would six six three hundred thirteen is what I, you know, the site that I'm looking at has him at, and uh, I know I know the Eagles are high on both of those guys. And again, as we've talked about, the Eagles always build from the line. They're always going to be looking at guys like that. And Skaronsky right. and Johnson both fit the bill. If the Eagles decide to go, I mean, who knows which way they're going to go? But uh, you're saying that Paris Johnson, like out of the two, which one would you do? You rank one higher than the other? I rank I rank Johnson higher because I I feel like he's truly a tackle. Yeah. Skaronsky, there's a lot of discussion as to whether his eventual position in the league is going to be tackle or guard. Right. And despite him being a physical monster and a mauler and a stud, he has shorter arms. And, right. So I'm hearing about you know, him. Yeah. It, it, yeah. That that's kind of been the biggest iffy nah. iffy thing about what what will his best position eventually be. Yeah. Um, if it's guard, then I don't think a guard is worth a top ten pick. Right. That's... I mean, in terms of positional value of what you know, what what it'll cost to replace him, or you know, where where they typically get picked, and um, you know, Washington Washington drafted Brandon Sheriff as a tackle at yep. fifth overall about in 2015, and almost immediately shifted him inside to guard, and I'm and I'm not sure if that was a scouting miss or. Yeah. Whatever it was, but it was despite him being a very, very good, well above average player, and even made an All Pro. It, it was too high to pick a guard. I mean, it was yeah. at the fifth overall pick. That's just not good positional value. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. So, so we there's precedence on Washington not picking a guy that is kind of a tweener between guard and tackle. Yeah, not knowing for sure that he's going to be a tackle. Right. And, that's, I mean, Skaronsky probably would be off the board at 16 anyway. I, I think yeah, I think somebody so. Is I think the Bears are going to probably snag him at eight. Yeah, and, and because he's, yeah, Northwestern. I mean, they've been watching him, you know, they're in his backyard. I mean, that, 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 would, make, that would make a ton of sense. I would, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. But I mean, I, just I like, to... I like Johnson better than Skaronsky. My, okay. my other guy is Darnell Wright. From Tennessee, I, I three hundred and thirty three like pounds. A That's a lot of beef. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. And and the thing I like most about him, he he started for four years, so he's clearly right durable. He's he's smart enough to to protect his body, and and he's played for Tennessee. They played Georgia every year. They played Bama yeah. every other year. Yeah, I mean he's played against the studs of the Florida. You know. South Carolina. He's played against studs right. on the defense all for his entire career. Yeah, he's been tested. You know, proven. Iron, yeah, yeah, right. Iron sharpens iron. I mean, he, yeah. he, you know, he, he 
held his own more than held his own when when Tennessee played Bama and beat them uh, against Will Anderson. So, so I mean yeah. that that's that's pretty high praise on, on my end. Yeah. Anybody else uh, you want to mention there on the offensive line before we move on to the cornerbacks? Yeah, Dewan Jones from Ohio State. This guy's like the another Ohio State guy. Human being. He's like Andre the Giant, a football player. Six, six eight, eight, three, three seventy four. Seventy five. <laughs> right. Yeah. What I mean? Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah, this dude's like Jordan Mailata reincarnated. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, he he is a just a huge person and. You know, he's he's really more of a pass protector. He he's not the guy that's gonna get out and pull and, and you know, get yeah. out to the left on, on running plays, but yeah, man, you, you want your blind you want your QB's blind side protected, you could definitely do a lot worse than <laughs> yeah. six eight, three seventy five with damn thirty eight inch arms or I mean that that is just I'm gonna have to pull up some tape man. on this guy to see to see him in action. Because I mean this guy just yeah. I mean he just stands out. You see six eight three seventy four, you're like, Holy smokes. Right. That yeah, is... I mean I, I did watch a decent amount of Ohio State. My my uh my son has kind of adopted them as his second best favorite college team. So he and I have watched some, okay. some OSU games over the years. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've been watching him for a little while. And, and I don't know if he's if he's quite as good to pick at 16. But one of the rumors is that Washington might be looking to trade back from 16 down to maybe 22, 23 range, pick up, pick up an extra pick that right. we – wasted away in the in the disastrous Carson Wentz trade so which I'm sure your fan your your listeners we love Carson Wentz yeah 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 I'm sure we loved when you picked them up that's yeah right so that was our mistake too and it ended up being a big mistake by us and that could be a that could be a good trade down to 21 and get him at 21 Pick yeah. up an extra third to recoup the third that we that we gave away on the Wentz trade to, right. to Indy, and still end up with a stud. I mean, that's that's I have heard that buzz a little bit. That well, at least you're smart enough may, to let Wentz go because there's no more uh, player in the league that's damaged goods than Carson Wentz. He is just yeah. I toast. mean, I, he, I mean, as far as I know, he hasn't even been signed by anybody, has he? I think I heard a rumor that the Rams were looking to signing him. Were looking to, or that they did that they I, were I looking to. I don't know if it if yeah. it actually happened. Okay. I, I heard something a okay. few days ago that the Rams were thinking about bringing Wentz in, so that would okay. be interesting. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on to cornerback. I know this is a position that interests both of our teams. Um, yes, sir. And uh, we're pretty much in line with who we feel is the best out of the bunch here. We're both high on Devin Witherspoon. If we had our druthers, oh, this is a guy <laughs> we would be drafting. I like his physicality and his coverage ability. I, there's not much not to like about Witherspoon. Um, yeah. So um, he's he's one. He's definitely the top corner. I don't I don't think he will be there at ten or sixteen. But, yeah, I think but, there's a shot. He's there at ten. I think it's possible. There is a shot. I yeah, mean, I heard the shot. Raiders are high in him. They're, I heard the Raiders might grab him yeah. at seven. Um, yeah, that's that's who I think. I don't, I don't, I don't see him slipping past seven unless one of the quarterbacks slides, and and then and then the Raiders trade out of seven to right. let someone come up and get right. Say Stroud, Stroud maybe starts sliding because some of like know, the Titans who are some because some because somebody picks. Somebody likes Rip Levis or Richardson more than Stroud, and Stroud starts slipping. 
which I which wouldn't be the most far fetched thing e- either. Um, well, the quarterbacks can always disrupt the right. The quarterbacks can always disrupt all the mock drafts, and everything. So, you yes, know, there could always is, be a team or even true. two that come up and grab these guys, and then suddenly, you know, these um, other players fall, you know, uh, because of that. So, what are your yeah. thoughts on Christian Gonzalez? He's the other one that's highly touted uh, out of Oregon. I like him a lot. I mean, he what's not to like? If if we ended up with Gonzalez, I say we. If Washington ended up with Gonzalez at sixteen, I would be perfectly good with that. Yeah, he's, six one. He's got, he's got height, you know, long long arms, rangy speed. Yeah. I mean, you, there's nothing nothing not to like. I don't like him quite as much as Witherspoon, but I I he would be a great consolation prize if, if Witherspoon goes eight and he slips down to 16 and Washington gets in there. I'd, yeah. be, I'd I, be very happy. I agree. 100%. As, as I'm sure you would, as I'm sure you probably would, would be fine taking him. At oh yeah. No, I, I like both of those guys. I like Witherspoon a little bit more, um, but I do think Gonzalez is they're right there. It's not like, it's almost like one yes. and one a or, you know, one B or whatever. Yeah, they're no, very no, they're, close. Yeah, they're, they're, there is a very slight difference there. And yeah, to say that I like Witherspoon better also, yes, I do. Uh, but I don't see it as being, that much of a difference. So this is interesting because I know last time, you know, we spoke, we had kind of Porter as a three guy, but this, this particular uh, ranking I'm looking at actually has Deontay Banks, who I, I, know. I know has been rising up draft boards, but now this one has sure is ranking has. Banks ahead of Porter for the number three, yeah, you know, I, it's for third overall best corner. I've seen, I've seen that too. And where, where he went to college is literally, 10 miles from FedEx field and where Washington plays. So they obviously know who Deontay Banks is. He's right. a, he's a university of Maryland guy. Yeah, so you could definitely College see Washington Park. drug grabbing that guy at some point in this draft. He's right yeah. now. He's right oh, in the backyard already. Yeah. Washington, Washington at 16. If, you know, if, if the, if the two, if the two best O-line guys are, are off the board and if, and if Gonzalez and, and, uh, and Witherspoon, and Witherspoon are off the board, I could, I could see that. I could definitely see that. And like, so I you said, would be okay with them taking Banks over Porter Jr., who might still be there? Yeah, I've actually, I've actually heard that uh, from one of the local skins, or skins commanders, beat reporters that uh, that Porter is is no longer all on their board. And I'm not sure what, why they said that, or what something something has happened, or it could be they found out something, or had a bad interview, had a bad. You know, yeah. Pro day, some, something has happened, and, and again, I don't know if that's if that's just someone slinging a rumor out there or not. Um, I but I do I, I, I do feel pretty confident in saying that if, if it's down if, if Banks and Porter are both on the board at sixteen, and they go corner, then they're going to go Banks and not Porter. Yeah, you can see that taking the hometown product out of there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, there there's something to be said for having the familiarity where they've seen and heard about him all year. Let me ask you this. I don't want to spend a lot of time on safety, but what is your take on Brian Brand? Eagles have a have a spot at safety they could probably use, but I'm hearing this Brian Branch guy to Alabama is the number the, the true number one, but it seems to be a weak safety class. What do you do you think yeah, Brian I've Branch is a first rounder? Too. Do you think he's a first round talent? Or, and if you do, yes. do you think he's well, a top end? I, do you think he's a top no. half of the first round talent? No. I think I think I think he's going to go late first round. Yeah. And, I mean, you're going to Philly picking 30, 30. They got the 30th 30 also. 30, 30? Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
if you got Brian Branch at 30, you should be doing cartwheels. That that would be excellent value for that pick. Yeah. Um, he's 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 been a, a win he's a winner more than anything else. I mean he he Well yeah, is, Alabama he's, sure. he's captain Bama for three years. I mean But do you think he's you know, a product he, of just being around all the other great defensive players in Alabama and kind of yeah, uh reap the rewards off of that, or do you really think he's a true you know, bona fide star stud safety coming out of this draft. What do you think? I haven't seen I much of him, so that's uh, why I'm asking you. Yeah, I, I, I've watched enough Bama to, to to watch him make difference making plays okay. against the upper echelon team. You know, the the best players out there. That's good enough to think to think that yes, he okay. he ever. I mean, that's kind of the problem with Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. Almost every game they play, they have they have substantially more talent than any other team they're playing against, unless they're playing against each other, of course. Right. So it, it can kind of cloud your judgment a little bit when you see, you know, when you when you see all these Bama guys crushing Vanderbilt or right. all these Ohio State guys crushing Minnesota or you know whoever Rutgers. Right. Know, th- th- that's not as impressive as watching. Bama play Georgia or Georgia play Ohio state in the playoffs okay. or Clemson. Right. You know, those, those few teams that have the elite of the elite talent and branch branches. I love branch. Okay. If, I've actually, I heard one rumor that said that Washington was talking to teams down at the end of the first round to possibly trade their second round pick to move, move back, back in. into the first round because Washington also could very well use a safety like him. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, so, we have uh, time is flying through. We're already 45 minutes in. So we got to, we got to, we got to knock out wide receiver, quarterback, and running back here in the next 15 minutes. So I'll try to spend a little, a little few minutes on each one. So okay. let's start with, uh, let's start with wide out. Um, I don't yeah. think either one of our teams really have a need for a wide receiver. I think you guys are pretty good yeah. wide receivers. And so the, so the I Eagles, don't think but, I, I don't think I would see Washington drafting a receiver any earlier than maybe fourth or fifth. Yeah, round, same here with the for, Eagles. Just for depth. Yeah, just for depth. So just give me yeah. a couple of names maybe that you feel are uh, these I, guys. I, are I like Smith and Jigba a lot. I mean, you're old, you Ohio State guy. You said you've been watching a lot of Ohio State. Yeah, so you've seen I a lot have. of. Them. Yeah, I have. He's he's my son's probably favorite player on that team. He. He he just calls him JSN when we when we're texting about football. That team is like, so jacked at wide receiver. And they have Marvin Harrison Jr. too that's uh, still on that team. He'll probably be the he, top he, wide receiver next top, year coming out. Top ten of net yeah, he will. Yeah, he will if he doesn't get hurt. Uh I like Jordan Addison from USC. That's my boy. The guy from the kid from TCU, Quentin Johnston, Save Flowers, love yeah. the last name, yeah, Boston you. College. Uh <laughs> any relation? I just realized. <laughs> any relation there, John? <laughs> That's awesome. Even even one of my Carolina boys, Josh Downs. You automatically have to be a fan of that guy. It's just oh, no doubt. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, you're you're a big Zay fan. Yeah, I might wherever he gets drafted, I might. Just you gotta get his jersey. jersey. You have to. Yeah. Can you imagine if the if Commanders draft that guy? I, I, could, I mean, I can't imagine it because I don't think he'll be there. He's short. Anywhere. He's only five he's, nine. Short guy. Yeah, right. So you like he's, Addison? He's, you said out of USC, and obviously, uh, Renigba we know about. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Right. Josh Downs from North Carolina. At, he, I've, I've seen him ranked as the fifth wideout. I've obviously watched every game this kid's played in three years. And yep. clutch is the, is the word that comes to mind. More Good than hands. He's made, he's made more big catches over the years than – than any any Carolina player, he's going to be a slot receiver though, so yeah. he might go down to the. Hey, he's another short guy. He's five nine. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's that that's easy for a wide receiver. That's cool. All right, we knocked out wide receiver. Uh, let's go to quarterback now. All right, so again, neither one of our. Well, I guess maybe Washington. It'd be interesting to see, like how much trust, how much faith do the Commanders have in uh, Howell. I guess we'll find out because if one That's of these quarterbacks, one of these quarterbacks drop, one of these top guys happen to fall, and they're sitting there at sixteen, yep. do they take him? Does do the Commanders I mean, take another quarterback? If if, if, if Stroud, Levis, or Anthony Robinson, Richardson, even I tell you who's who I've heard is rising up teams' boards is Hendon Hooker, the, the Tennessee QB that that tore his ACL, and he's not even going to be running full speed until probably OTAs in June or, or even training camp in the end of July. But uh, when you watched him play for Tennessee and I did watch him quite a few times, pretty good. He can play. He can play. Yeah. The thing about hooker though, he's, he's 25 years old. He, he started out at at Virginia tech. He transferred somewhere else. Then he transferred to Tennessee. He's, he's actually, Three years older than than Sam Howell, the the Washington starting potential starting quarterback. Is he really? Howell was only twenty. Howell was only twenty two because Howell yeah. came straight out of high school. Yeah, went to went to UNC, played three seasons, left after his junior season as a twenty one year old. Yeah, played for Washington last year, and now he's twenty two. Hooker is twenty five and is going to be a rookie. So interesting. He has fewer. He has fewer prime years ahead of him, I guess. I mean, yeah, that'll probably play a role in, in his uh, availability in this draft. You know, some teams might, because I know they've kind of yeah. lost two or three years on him already. Uh, right. You wonder if, you wonder where that, if that does factor in or not. Um, right. So do you have, like most, do you have Bryce Young as the top QB in this draft? Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. Okay. I, I, yeah, it's, it's Young. I, I don't. I know that there was a, a point where Stroud was getting a lot of a lot of hype as possibly being, you know, maybe Carolina's choice. To me, if Carolina if Carolina picks Stroud over Young, that's going to come back to be like one of those you know Jamarcus Russell type deals where they it's just considered like the worst draft decision ever kind of thing. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. I can see the Eagles drafting their backup in this draft. I don't know who that may be. Maybe it's a guy like Hooker who might fall to the third, fourth round. Now the Eagles don't have a third or fourth round pick this year unless they make some unless Howie does some shaking and baking in this draft, which he is right. inclined to do. But I know they're gonna be looking for a backup quarterback. Um, you know, I don't know a lot of these guys, but here's a here's a sleeper name for you. Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. D, the DTR is what they do. I've heard about that guy. That's the one that they say that might be a pick for the Eagles because he's similar and, and similar he, game to Hurts. He's similar. He's, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say he he reminds you when you watch him of how Hurts plays. Yeah, it, it would be a it would be a pretty seamless. Now, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to end up being as good as Hurts. I mean, no, you can't predict that of anyone. No, but point. the thing but, is, you like to have a backup who you don't have to change your, your game. Yeah, you don't have don't to know. totally change the game plan for. Yeah, I've heard his name if linked he to the Eagles. Come in. Yeah, uh-huh. if, 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 now, you said Philly does not have a 
third or fourth round pick. No, I no, they don't. I don't believe they have a third or fourth. So they so they have two ones, a two, and then they don't pick again until the fifth. Yeah, it's going to be a long. Okay. They may have okay. a third. I might be wrong about the third. They definitely don't have a fourth, and they definitely don't have a fifth. And I don't believe they even have a six. They have like two sevenths. Or maybe they have a six, okay. two, seven. I don't have them in front of me right now, but there's okay. a wide okay. gap of zero picks for the Eagles. And I want to say it's third, fourth, and fifth, but it could be just fourth and fifth. But either way, they don't have a lot of uh, day two drafts. Um, draft right. Picks. Okay. Um, so, okay. Running I think back. that'll, uh, we'll go to running back now. And this is going to be an interesting topic because uh, the Eagle fans, there's a good, good amount of them out here that, that, that think that the Eagles should draft uh, Robinson at 10. I am not of that uh, ilk because I know how the Eagles operate. And apparently some Eagle fans out there don't understand how this team operates and feel that John Robinson will, that the Eagles should draft him at 10. Um, again, it's, I have nothing against Robinson. You know, I know the guy's a great player. I just feel that, Understanding this team as I do and the history of this team, which is it's very consistent, very, very consistent. It would be a deviation by the Eagles if they went and drafted Robinson at 10, even though, you know, even though as he's as good of, as a player as he is, and he's probably going to be, if he's there at 10, he probably is the best player available uh, right. at 10. But I don't see the Eagles. Positional value still matters, though. It does, and and the running the running back position has just been become much more devalued than it was right. even fifteen years ago, twenty twenty five years ago. Exactly, and you're able you to know, find twenty five years ago he could have been he could have been the top three pick. Oh even, yeah, and he probably would have been right. But yeah, again, that's right. another great point that you made, and that's the other point or counterpoints that I make to these Eagle fans that think, oh, it's Bajan or bust, and I'm like. Dude, what, I mean, have you been paying attention to the team that you apparently root for the last, you know, twenty years? I mean, they just yeah, they don't value the, the running back position. Um, yeah, and and and, he, and and if 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 the offense is designed correctly, which Phillies clearly is, it's almost plug and play. I mean, as long as as long as the back is yeah, you need some decent running backs back reasonably there, reasonably capable. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, I, I don't, I, I don't. I do not want Washington to pick him at sixteen. I love him as a player. Yeah. If if he fell to if he fell to the second round, I would trade up to pick thirty two and snap him in a heartbeat. Right. Because I think because I think he's going to be within a year or two, he's going to be one of the top five backs in the league. Exactly. It's it's, like, it's not a knock against Robinson. It's talked about like you no, said, it's, positional it's, value. It's just, it's just, and it's, it's, when you yeah, can get it, decent to really good. Even Pro Bowl running backs in the second or third round, which has happens, it almost seems like yes. every draft. All, all the time. There's yes. one or two guys exactly. that, you know, then why would you I don't want to use the word waste a pick, but essentially you get the idea. You're drafting yeah. a position that high where you have other areas of your team that you would be that, much more that are, that are harder to fill. Yeah. Much harder to fill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, again, again, positional value. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's harder it's harder to fill a stud O-lineman or a stud corner than it is to plug and play a, a good to decent running back. Right. They're, they're, they are out there all over the place. So there's other guys there, in there here. Are players that aren't even in there. My, my, my other, my other draft crush is uh Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. Yeah. I'm hearing about him too. What can, I, what can like you tell him. me about him? Uh, like, do you have a he, comp? Like if you had to compare I him to a can, player? I, I think he can, 
I believe he can be a 20 to 25 carry a game guy. Plus he can catch it out of the backfield. He's the same. Yeah, you, he's the same. He's actually a little taller than Bajon Robinson. Same exact yeah. uh, weight. So they're yeah. about the same size, very close. If, if you can, if you can snag him in the third round, which I mean, he may not last to the third. He might get picked in the second. But yeah, if he's sitting, if he's sitting there in the third round, and and Washington doesn't really need running back. I mean, between Brian Robinson and and Antonio Gibson. Yeah, you guys are yeah pretty good. They're decent. I mean, that's a decent. That's a yeah, that's a good running back upper, combo. Upper half of the league combo right there. Yeah, and, and they're both young. They're they you know they they've proven they're to versatile. be versatile. Yeah, versatile, yeah, versatile too. durable. Yeah, they, they have different skill sets. Yep. So I don't I don't see I don't see back coming into the draft as a true need. But if if Charbonnet's there at the in the third, right. I, I would be quite happy to see them jump on him and. And maybe even devalue Gibson a little bit, but, right. or or change Gibson's role. That's the other thing with with Eric Bieniemy coming in as offensive coordinator. It it could look completely different as to how and nobody really knows at this point. I mean, he, he likes he, he likes pass catching done. backs out of Kansas City. You know they don't run the ball a lot, but they do. Right. They do have good. They always seem to have good running backs in there. They're always versatile. They're they, always they weapons go out, out of the backfield. backfield. Right. They come out of the backfield. He, yeah. t- he takes a guy like, you know, Edwards Hilaire and, right. uh, th- you know, those guys, Williams. Yep. And, and they, you know, they, be, the Checo. he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't draft backs in the first round typically. All right. So we're, we're coming up on the one hour mark, believe it or not. So okay. what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on the clock as the GM kind of following along without any too crazy moves that happen figure the guys that you know most mock drafts have are around the 16th pick that are the, that are going to be there let's just assume they're going to be there and there wasn't really any major shakeups okay right. who who does Johnny take for the commanders at 16 I believe based on what I think is going to happen with the with the order and how things work out I actually think I think Washington's going to come out of the draft with Either Darnell Wright or Deontay Banks. Okay. And if they're if they're both there, slight edge to Banks over Wright, corner corner over over tackle. Although that's a pretty much coin flip. I think if they're both there, it's probably 50-50. I would slightly slightly lean towards Wright. Okay. I've got um... just guessing. I've got a couple, and they got Darnell White. I'm looking at two mock drafts. One's got Darnell White going at 14. The other's got him going just before your pick at 15. Um, they have Deontay Banks taken by uh, Washington, as one guy does. Okay. And the other guy's got him taking Christian Gonzalez. So both of these mocks oh, have so the – So they have – I'm taking corners. Yeah, 16. they have him there at 16. Yep. Interesting. Now for the Eagles – they have the Eagles. One guy has the Eagles taking Sean Robinson at 10. And the other one has him taking Nolan Smith, the edge pass. Yeah, I've, I've seen – I'm looking at one also right now that, that has – Smith? That has Nolan Smith at 10. Yeah. I, that seems a little bit high to me. That's why I think the Eagles and I think Howie, if, they, if they're targeting Smith and say everyone else is – that they're really interesting is, is gone, but they like Smith, 
they could, that's probably when Howie could make a trade, go back a few slots to, you know, two or three positions, yeah. four positions right. or whatever, get a, get a third round pick or fourth round pick. And, 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 uh, and then ta- you know, then draft Nolan Smith at like 14 or something, you know? Right. I, I just pulled a different mock draft here. Uh, they've got Van Ness going at 10 to Philly. Yeah. Which I, seems, yeah. That seems high to me. That seems a little high. Yeah. That's another guy. I think they would just, Trade down, but that guy trade is kind of an enigma. Still, possibly getting. There's a lot of people high in that guy in, in this draft, even though he hasn't played much. Like they just like his. Van, Van Ness. Yeah, I think it's maybe yeah. the combine that they fell in love with, or just the the pass rushing specialist that he's got the ability to do. But he's kind of a guy where I've seen him as high as like the top ten, and then I've seen him in the mid to late rounds. So he's kind of all yeah. over the place, depending on. Yeah, he, yeah, I, I agree. I, from what I've seen, I I, I think so too. But yeah. That, that, I think I think Darnell Wright or Banks would be the if I had to if I had to put a dollar in Vegas on who who they're actually going to pick if they stay at sixteen. Right. Those are the two guys. Those are the two guys I would put a dollar on. All right. And All right. I yep. can't wait to find out what happens. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an exciting time for sure. So that's going to do it for the program. Thanks again for joining us. Johnny, the Commander fan, always appreciate your contributions to the program. Any parting uh, words? So, anyway, like I said, uh, thank you for joining. I was going to give you a second to give a parting word there, but... uh, All right. Well, listen, from Eagles Nation, we'll, we'll wish the commanders good luck in the draft. We don't take anybody that we're eyeballing. And uh, for the rest of the Eagles Nation, get ready. The draft is 24 hours away. And we'll be back to recap it until uh, the Eagles talk with Jeff. Thanks again for listening. Have a good one, everyone. And we'll talk again soon. Go Birds.